Hello, my magical friends. My name's Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 125th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. Happy Friday! It's another creator episode, so let's jump right into today's topic. So today's conversation is another webcomic, I think one that you will find very lovely and one that's only in mostly through the first chapter, so it's very easy to catch up with Magical Girl Indigo. You know, as always, links are in the show notes if you want to go over and read the comic before you listen to today's chat. There isn't a whole lot of spoilery stuff to get into whether you read it or not, but hopefully, you know, if you decide to listen before you read, it will inspire you to read anyway. I don't think there's really anything that we can say that is particularly spoilery because the story is, it's in its early stages. So, um, you know, I had a really lovely chat with Livania. And one thing that I think is really important about this conversation that I think is something that is definitely worth talking about in general is the topic of covering stories with inspirations from cultures that are not your own. So in this case, Magical Girl Indigo is a very Indian-inspired story, while Lavanya is a German artist. So we do talk about that approach and everything, and I think that it was a very lovely conversation on that front. And I just wanted to kind of say up top here, before we get into the main chat, that just in general, it's always important to be mindful when you are writing stories about places and cultures that you are not a part of because no matter how much you might think that you can do your own research it's really important to talk to people of the culture and I know that a lot of the creators we talk to are independent so you know this definitely is very dependent on the person but you know when we talk about for example like a larger production you should really make sure that those people those consultants are hired consultants Those kind of people do deserve their pay when you can. I know that it's difficult for indie creators, so usually you can depend on friends and associates, colleagues, etc. That is something that I have done myself. Um, I have helped out a handful of times with stories about Japanese and sometimes more specifically half Japanese characters in media for people who are trying to make sure that they are writing their character responsibly. As we get into the conversation, you know, we all want to see more representation. So, you know, again, with an independent creator, I try not to put too much pressure on them, but it is good to at least talk to a few people before you get your story out there. And yeah, I can see that Lavanya was able to take the time to do just that and talk to people and see where she might have made mistakes and how she's going to course correct in the future. And I think that kind of thing is really important because there's often this framing that, you know, only people of the culture should make media of the culture. And that's simply not true. But I think a a good example of this problem where it shouldn't be one is when um, the writer of that famous wizard book series decided to expand the universe to include other countries. One of the choices she made was to create a single magic school for the entirety of Asia. And anyone who knows Asia knows it's a very large place. That's really wild. I mean, we're talking about Indian culture today. In India alone, you have over 400 languages spoken. And so it's just like pretty much sounds impossible if you're going to do a magic world. But yeah, it was just like the wildest of missteps. And then the name of the magic school was very, very silly and also mispronounced, uh, according to her. So anyway, I'm not going to give her any more uh, any more audio time here. <laughs> Today's chat is about Indigo, which is a much more appropriately done series. And that's impressive considering, again, that Lavanya is doing this independently and so on. But yeah, I had a very lovely chat and I think that you will like it too. So let's jump into the conversation with Lavanya about her webcomic, Magical Girl Indigo. (laughs) 
Okay, so we are here today to talk to the creator of Magical Girl Indigo, and I'm very excited about this topic and this very beautiful comic. So um, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hello. My name is Lisa. My artist name is Livania, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm an illustrator and comic artist from Germany. Great. So um, before we get started talking about your story, I'd like to know, uh, what is your history with the magical girl genre? Yeah, I guess most people will say uh, what I'm saying now. But yeah, I was really hooked on Sailor Moon as a teenager. And hmm. I really can clearly remember the day when I yeah, walked with a friend to a bookshop and she bought a Sailor Moon art book by Naoko Takeuchi. Mm -hmm. And I was so amazed by the artwork and it was so elegant and light, but it also had some dark tones. And yeah, I really got very interested and excited. And so she borrowed me the, uh, the manga books and I read mm. them. And yeah, for some years, I was really a very big Sailor Moon fan. Mm -hmm. So... For me, it is also a lot of nostalgia, and for a very long time, I wanted to make a Magical Girl manga myself. So Magical Girl Indigo um, has been in the planning for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually, I think I never got into another Magical Girl story like Sailor Moon. So I oh, um, looked into Wedding Peach and stuff yeah I liked Cardcaptor Sakura hmm. a lot but um, it was not the same as Sailor Moon for me and hmm. um, when I think about like recent series um, maybe I would say Steven Universe is also oh a sure a magical mm -hmm. girl magical boy story for me yeah but I don't know Sailor Moon is just number one for me <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it was about Sailor Moon that kind of makes it your number one Mm. Uh, I think I like the um, the universe theme with the planets and the moon and uh, the combination of this kind of fantasy story with um, like the princess of the moon and the prince of earth. And yeah, it's just such a nice combination that you have like this theme which makes sense that every senshi belongs to a planet. And I think that's something I really also kept as a concept that I thought, oh, it's really nice to have something like um, an existing system and use that also for characters, that you have a group and you see, ah, okay, they are parallel to this other system. And yeah, I really like that you have a group of girls as main characters and all of them are different mm. each of them has their own character their own strengths and weaknesses and yeah especially when you think that women or girls are maybe a bit underrepresented in stories or often you think oh they are only the love interest or um, you have some tropes and cliches what girls are like it's nice to have like a group of girls and you see all of them are different. Mm -hmm. There's not a standard role or image. Sure, definitely. I think that the conversation definitely comes up with like comparison to other superhero stories where you have a lot of boys, but usually there's only mm -hmm. one, maybe two girls. Yeah. So there isn't a lot of room for like variation and just personality or anything else like that but yeah definitely you know makes sense and Sailor Moon was very popular for a good reason mm -hmm. and definitely very influential so um yeah I think that's really cool so um getting to your story just first for anyone listening who hasn't gotten to read it yet what basically is Magical Girl Indigo about yeah so first about the setting uh it uh, takes place in a fantasy world which is strongly inspired by India. So the main character, the hero of the story, um, is the girl Indigo and she's living with her mother and grandmother. They are living off a food store which is the business of the mother. So one day suddenly 
for mysterious reasons, um, the king of their country, so they are also living in the main capital, dies. And it's quite mysterious, but then the son, the prince, he becomes the new king. And very quickly they realize, well, he won't be a very good and kind king. So even at the day of the coronation, there's some kind of accident. So the king let's destroy the food stall of the mother and she gets injured. So that's actually the beginning when um, like Indigo and her two friends, Shanti and Lynn, they are realizing, okay, times are changing and right now we don't know what to do. So they feel quite powerless. But then, yeah, they meet a djinn who is escaping from the palace And they are uniting their powers. So the djinn, he needs help to escape. And he offers to release magical powers in Indigo in exchange for that she will help him. And yeah, that's quite the start of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely already very interesting and again, very uh, beautiful. For anyone who hasn't read the comic yet, you have a very um, very deliberate touch with your limited color palette, which is really, really nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, you know, just in general, very like visually pleasing. And um, you kind of kind of see from the beginning who our magical girls are going to be. But, you know, all the stuff that you mentioned, this is only the first chapter as you've done it so far. But mm -hmm. as you said, you've been working on this story for a long time. So uh, how did you come about like, creating Magical Girl Indigo? Where did this idea come from? <laughs> yeah, actually, I have to say in the beginning, um, often I'm a little bit embarrassed how long it is taking <laughs> me to realize this project because the first ideas um, sparked in, I think, 2008. Mm -hmm. At that time, I was um, collaborating with a friend. So we developed the idea together because both of us thought... It would be so cool to combine Sailor Moon with a kind of Indian theme. So both of us uh, were and are really into Bollywood movies, into Hindi films. And um, we were really loving all of the colors and the costumes and the settings and also the strong emotions and all of that so yeah in the beginning it was really a fun project where both of us were exchanging ideas and I really like collaborating with friends when I start new stories and projects and in the beginning it was quite a short story and yeah after some time I thought okay I think this can be something bigger because I really really like the concept so there was some kind of first version where we already did a storyboard for I think maybe 10 page story and after that I thought no I think I will do a reboot <laughs> and then <laughs> I started again and I think I did another script and another uh, started another storyboard and yeah then I don't know what happened actually <laughs> <laughs> Some years passed, I finished university, I started a job, I did other projects that were shorter. So unfortunately, it is my dream to make a long comic project, but it's really hard to keep the motivation and discipline to stay at it. So yeah, I often get distracted by side projects where I think okay this is a project I can do in a shorter time so that I say okay I will for the next half year year um, I will do this one and when I finish it uh, I will come back to Indigo and so really a lot of time passed yeah then I think in 2019 or 2020 I was at um, a point where I said okay now you really <laughs> have to pull yourself together and just tackle this project and do it and just um, yeah be consistent and don't do other projects so it might be that it was a good coincidence that in 2020 there was lockdown and I had um, short work so I had more time than usual 
Hmm. So this was really a good starting point for me to sit down and work on this project. And so that's the reason why I managed in um, 2020 to start publishing the first chapter. But yeah, actually, by now, we don't have lockdown anymore, which is good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But um, <laughs> on the other hand, I got, again, distracted by other things like buying and renovating a house and stuff like that. Mm. And Right now, I'm trying to pick up the work again. So I'm trying to um, sketch further pages several days a week. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, about the development process, this was more like about the uh, organization. But <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think um, what helped me was talking to friends and colleagues a lot. So I would say there's quite a dense network of manga artists in Germany. Mm. So um, there are some people I know for yeah more than 10 years now when all of us started drawing manga and we met on manga conventions and we had like small online communities where we uploaded our stuff even before we got to know DeviantArt and Facebook and all of that. So I know some other people who are drawing manga and comic. So I was talking to them and um, presenting them my story and I got their feedback and so... Yeah, I worked on the story and changed some things. So I already got a rough structure of the whole story, but mm. I've only written a, a detailed script of the first chapter and I started the second chapter because I also talked to some artists who have been releasing for um, big publishers here in Germany. Mm. And so I found interesting that they said, yeah, it's good to have the whole structure, but it's more fun to invent all the details in the moment when you're coming to this chapter. Because if you are planning everything detailed, somehow it can happen that you're missing the fun of creating because you're just working and trying to complete all of that that's already planned. And sure, yeah. since... I know myself that I'm quite slow, sadly. I'm I'm trying to leave some space for creative decisions and creative work when I will come to um, the further chapters. So what was really important for the first chapter, of course, were all of the character designs and the costume designs. And so what I think is very important for a Magical Girl story, of course, are the Magical Girl costumes. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning, it was clear that I want to have Indian-inspired costumes and clothes. So I had some early concepts. And when I started in 2019, I was revisiting them and I thought, okay, they are nice. I like them. But are they really speaking magical girl? How will you see the difference between their um, everyday outfits and the magical girl costumes because mm. um yeah it's a fantasy story and i really like to give them nice dresses yeah and yeah <laughs> clothing. so the magical girl dresses somehow they have to be special and different and that's when i looked at different magical girl designs and i was analyzing the silhouettes a little bit mm -hmm. i thought okay what's a typical silhouette what are important elements and I realized okay you really need some kind of mini skirt and the, the shape of the skirt is um, quite important and yeah usually you have a lot of bows or ribbons and mm -hmm. I think like bows are quite unusual for an Indian style but um, you also have scarves and stuff so I tried to add um, some flowy parts of fabric and I thought, okay, for me, it would not be fitting to um, have just a mini skirt. So I combined them with um, pants or I'm not sure what the right term would be. So I really tried to have a good combination that I would say, okay, it still looks very typical Indian, but it 
has this magical girl vibe. So also, mm. I think the jewelry is quite important. And I think it's something that where like the Indian um, fashion really comes together nicely with the magic girl concept that you already have um, like jewelry on your forehead and also like necklaces, which you can combine nicely with the magic girl outfit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true for a lot of like when you look at most cultures, when you go into like the traditional yeah. gowns or traditional wear, especially for something that's like very formal, it's always like, you know, very, very um, yeah. elegant yeah, and everything. So it definitely translates well to a magical girl costume. And it, it does feel like the story has been really like well researched as far as like being a story that really seems to have like interest in the culture and like respect for the culture and everything. So I know that um, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we mm -hmm. started recording, but um, you know, for you as a, as a German person taking on an Indian story in this way, I was kind of wondering if you could tell us more about like that process to, you know, make sure that you were doing it mm. in a, you know, responsible mm. way. Yeah. So actually I think I was a little bit naive when I started this project so it was um, really like 2009 and I was not thinking a lot about it. I was just like, okay, I love Bollywood movies and I want something yeah, to express that love. And only during the last years, I stumbled over um, cultural appropriation. And this really got me to think because I thought, oh, okay, I see that there are really some problems with Orientalism. On one hand, this was something what I considered when uh, redesigning some of the costumes. Hmm. And on the other hand, it was something where I really tried to get in contact with Indian people themselves and ask them, well, what do you think about my story? So luckily, one of my best friends, um, he has a fiancé from India now. So... Uh, <laughs> Right away, I tried to ask her and to get her opinion and some um, hints what would be okay. So I, I showed her my storyboard and I asked if she thinks that the persons act authentically. Mm -hmm. So um, especially she said, yeah, well, uh, the Indian grandma, she's very typical. And so <laughs> she said, it, it, uh, yeah, it fits. And um, I also asked her about the names and yeah, some cultural stuff. What should I consider? And it was really interesting to get her input. And also I uh, reached out to some Indian artists on Instagram. And yeah, when we chatted, I asked what they think. If they think that it might be problematic that I'm, I'm drawing a lot of um, Indian fashion and people and I'm doing a story if they think that might be cultural appropriation. Hmm. And they said, uh, well, no, they said um, that they really liked it. Yeah, they, they thought uh, it's an interesting approach and the, the fashion is drawn beautifully so I really was happy when um, I was releasing the comic on Tapas and there were even some comments which were saying like, oh, thank you for the representation. It's so nice to see an Indian girl as a main character and as a magical girl. And I was really happy to get that kind of response. But yeah, I will really try to avoid some tropes and cliches. So I already said I realized that um, during the redesign, um, I had to do more research because when I was younger and I started planning that, I had some very, I guess, simple design choices. So mm. I was also strongly influenced by Disney animation movies. Oh, yes. And still, I really love how they have quite good tension arcs and um, I think the, the story planning is very well made but in the beginning I think in some parts I was influenced a little bit by Aladdin so when I had some uniform designs for the palace guards I think I was subconsciously leaning towards Aladdin and mm. yeah when I did the redesigns I thought okay no this 
is too simple. I really have to do some research about like Indian uniforms and um, it's very difficult because there are different eras in history there of course there was a change in clothing so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my excuse that i'm saying well it's a fantasy story mm -hmm. i will mix different designs and probably uh, there will be different influences from different eras but yeah still i'm i'm trying to do research and not to just repeat some cliches and tropes Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, again, uh, of course, I'm not Indian, so I can't like speak mm -hmm. for your story in detail, but it definitely feels like there was care taken into like an appreciation of trying to understand and like trying to be respectful. So one thing that's actually very common, um, especially with like independent creators uh, and webcomic makers is quite a fair amount of people around the world when they decide that they're going to make their own original Magical Girl story they often start using Japanese characters. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely times where I've felt like kind of uncomfortable with the depictions or like kind of confused about like why they stuck to a Japanese character story. Mm -hmm. And then there are other times where it does feel very genuinely like they put the effort into researching and making sure that things were accurate and like having the characters actually act like Japanese teenagers. Mm hmm You know, and, and I think that, you know, as a, as a Japanese person, I can definitely tell the difference. And of course, there are a lot more mm -hmm. options, a lot more like examples for me to look to. Unfortunately, we don't have like a, a plethora of, uh, of Indian magical girls, but it is something that's like very important whenever you're and not just for magical girls, honestly, just for any any story building, whenever you're trying to create characters where you realize like, you know, things are kind of outside your own scope of knowledge it's it's very important to try to approach it you know respectfully and I, i think that you're doing that here and it sounds like you're continuing to do the work too which is you know important mm. now i do want to ask about the art style because i do think it's another very unique factor of your comic so how did you come to the idea of like your approach with you know your limited colors and uh, i guess even some of the pages kind of look like they've been dyed or something mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, actually it was a um, a practical decision. So, when I started to draw manga, I of course I started um with screen tones. So, um some years ago, I for me it was just um, a no-brainer to say, okay, if I'm drawing a manga, I'm using screen tones and it will be black and white. But I often experienced that it's quite hard to get a good printing result. So, that is one of the reasons why I said, well, maybe I don't have to use screen tones. And then when webcomics got more popular and you had these big platforms like Webtoons or Tappers, I realized, ah, okay, so people want color comics. And um, I also realized I'm already quite slow. On the one hand, I love color and I would really like to make a comic in full color but on the other hand probably I will be even slower and it gets more and more unrealistic that I will ever finish this comic. Also I wanted to have some kind of natural watercolor look so mm. before I started the comic I was um, experimenting a bit how to get a look which has some color and which has a watercolor feeling which I can accomplish digitally. So I um, painted quite a few watercolor textures and scanned them. So I already have a small library of textures which I use for my pages and afterwards I am doing some kind of How would you call it, actually? <laughs> I think it's a <laughs> gradient fill. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like guess that. so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I yeah, was testing different color combinations for the gradients. I, I think I will um, change them a little bit, depending on the scene, depending on the atmosphere and the mood. So mm. I already did that, that I had um, more warm colors in the beginning when I had the the family scenes. And now when I got to a more 
dark action part, I leaned more towards the blue tones. Hmm. So for me, that's um, yeah, quite a, a quick way to achieve color and to achieve some yeah moody atmosphere without having to yeah think a lot about each panel and each color and yeah that's why i chose this <laughs> approach yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's yeah very it is, sounds very practical and i do think that it it definitely gives a very interesting air especially as we see like the king is kind of like the first time it gets into all blue is like the first time yeah. we see we see the new king and yeah the the kind of mixing it, it really really does create um very interesting mood and I think that again the watercolor look it definitely works really well but I think the other thing is that for me it kind of made me think about how you know comics in general in Japan but you know especially magical girl ones are printed originally like in serialization then the you know the the magazines that they come in they print each chapter each comic in a different color over mm. uh, white or or yellow or oh, something yeah. like that so it definitely kind of made me think of that I don't know if that was intentional but definitely no it was not intentional <laughs> but it's uh, quite interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've but seen that yeah mm -hmm. kind of made me think about that like same idea but yeah you know you're still working on the comic it has been quite a while since the last update but is there yeah. anything that you can tell us about where the story is going um yeah so right now we are very close before the transformations mm -hmm. <laughs> i can say so much Yes. Right now I'm working on the transformation scenes, which often are a highlight of the Magic Girl of story, course. I think. So, yeah, I'm really, really sorry that <laughs> that the audience uh, or the readers have to wait for so long now. <laughs> But I'm really trying to make them beautiful. And so this chapter will have the transformation and some action scenes. And we will get to know the the male character, the damsel in distress, like Mamu <laughs> or Tuxedo Mask <laughs> of our story. Mm -hmm. So the first chapter will um, have really the, the start of the magical girl adventure. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that you did update the comic with after the last comic update itself was actually like a, a kissing meme. So I do want to ask about that because that's very interesting because obviously it's very early in the story, but yeah, are we going to be seeing romance in your story? Yeah, um, definitely there will be romance. Probably not that much as the kissing meme uh, <laughs> will make you expect. Sure. <laughs> I stumbled over this meme, the almost kissing meme, and I thought, oh, it's so perfect. Bollywood movies for a long time, they were famous for there are no kissing scenes, but only mm. almost kissing scenes. So <laughs> you have a lot of scenes where tension builds and you will think, oh, now they're kissing. And then they won't or they will cut away. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, okay. So I really have to do that <laughs> as a, some kind of special. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm not sure how much I should say now for spoilers. But actually, of course, there will be a main pairing, I would say. And the other ones, I'm not so sure how they will appear in the story or um, if it rather will be some kind of side stories or after the main story so um yeah actually i i have ideas for pairings which i think oh it's interesting but it's a little bit difficult because um the main story of magical girl indigo is really more focused on adventure and their their personal developments Mm. And I guess there will be so much action that they won't have a lot of time for romance. So sure. <laughs> probably they will have to wait until they completed their adventure. So, sure, yeah. sure. That's I think that's fine. <laughs> I mean, of course, there is room for romance in Magical Girls. But mm -hmm. I think for many people, it's not the primary reason to read Magical Girls or mm -hmm. watch Magical Girls. So 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find that's also important. And that's a quite interesting aspect of Sailor Moon, where I was thinking about um, recently that mm. also in Sailor Moon for the inner circle of the senshi in the first arc you have like endymion and there are like his four um what are they called generals or <laughs> yeah um, you can see the generals yeah and there are some official artworks by naoko takeuchi where you can see oh there are pairings like how the the four senshi are paired with the earth um, generals mm -hmm. but it never really gets relevant in the story and actually yeah. I think especially in the later arcs you have some kind of struggling especially of uh, Minako which is the love goddess but you have that kind of character story that probably she will never really have a lover and how she comes to terms with it and says well I have a different task in my life And yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting because um, nowadays we are returning a little bit to feminist discussions and that some uh, women say, well, maybe I don't want children. Maybe I don't want a family. I have other things in life that fulfill me and I, I want a different style of life. And um, it's so interesting that in Sailor Moon, in the end, I think Usagi is the only one who marries and who who gets the family. Mm -hmm. And the others are like, okay, um, well, we are senshis or warriors mm -hmm. in the context of the story. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, then I think it's interesting that for them, like their, their loyalty and their friendship is more mm -hmm. important than romance. It's not what you would expect from a shoujo manga usually but yeah it's interesting to see that there are different life models uh, or life concepts yeah so uh, i think yeah that's also quite important that you have characters who have different decisions in life and that it's not well this is your standard um, life goal and it's the most important thing in life to find love and to found a family yeah well for some people it's important and for other people it's not mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely um so i guess it kind of ties in nicely with another question about your story which is what is it about your love of magical girls that you wanted to bring out in your own story Hmm, yeah, probably I already said a lot of these. Um, <laughs> That's aspects. okay. So yeah, I think for me, Magical Girl has a strong feminist aspect. Mm. Yeah, you have really like female um, heroines as the protagonists. Yeah, the stories are focused on girls and on different girl characters, and yeah, that's something what I that I really like and. Um, which I wanted to add more stories to, <laughs> um, where I also can add my own perspectives mm. to show different female characters. And yeah, especially because during the last year, I, um, I listened to some audiobooks, which um, had a, a romance focus. And there were some good examples and some bad examples <laughs> where I thought, okay, yeah. When I'm reading or listening to the bad examples where I think, okay, it's everything is like a little bit too flat, too cliche. Hmm. You, you have like this traditional gender roles. And yeah, that's something where I really get motivation to say, um, I want to tell my own stories and my own perspectives. And I really want to show that you don't have to fulfill like the, the classical roles or yeah. Great. So I'm definitely excited to see how the, the story plays out in that way. So who would you say is the target audience of Magical Girl Indigo? Yeah, well, probably Magical Girl lovers who <laughs> um, also have a nostalgia for Sailor Moon. Yeah, I was thinking in the past a lot about, okay, well, if I'm going in for all of the kitschy stuff or, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> because, well... 
Yeah, of course, if you're combining Magical Girl and Bollywood, you would think, yeah, it's uh, the maximum of glitter and kitsch <laughs> somehow. And um, so I think for some parts, I was a little bit worried that I thought, okay, um, maybe I will lose a lot of um, male readers in the beginning because they already think, oh, okay, it's something which is like typical girly and hmm, not sure if I came to a solution. I, I think my solution is, well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just do what I think feels right without thinking a lot about, will it please everyone? Mm -hmm. Of course, I will be really happy if I will also have some male readers And I think it will be worthwhile because, um, as I said, I want to create really a mixture of also action scenes and personal drama and also romance and comedy and everything. Maybe I have a little bit too much <laughs> planned, but <laughs> we will see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it will probably attract a female audience. And I think it might be fit for young readers but probably also some older readers who still have like a nostalgia for Sailor Moon and Magic Girls hmm. yeah yeah that sounds good I do think you know uh, you'd be surprised there are definitely you know a lot of men out there who do like Magical mm -hmm. Girls so mm -hmm. it's not like maybe as as much because of for example societal expectations and stuff there's certainly even today a pressure for boys to not like these kinds of shows mm -hmm. or comics and so on. So I definitely still see it uh, with, with children today. So I'm sure that it was also the case for a lot of people. But, you know, often when people grow up and they realize, oh, I can watch anything I want and read anything mm -hmm. I want and not yeah. have to worry about people judging me, you'll find that there's there's definitely some, some audience there uh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so what else have you done, I guess, outside of uh, Magical Girl Indigo? Has it also been other comics or just illustrative work? Um, yeah, mostly illustrated books. Mm. I've done a picture book. It's called, well, we gave it a German name because we thought it might be that it does better on the German book market if it has a very typical picture book name, mm. um, HL und die Spiegeltore. But actually, in the beginning, our working title was Rorum Razors. So uh, Rorum is backwards for mirror. So ah. <laughs> it really has a very, yeah, a mirror theme. It's uh, a lot about um, reversing words and uh, worlds. And there are two worlds connected through mirrors. And so this is a picture book where I did a lot of illustrations for and it has a target audience for like um, children beginning at seven years, maybe. Mm -hmm. So it's a completed fantasy story. And after that, I uh, worked on a detective novel. Mm. And these two books are also collaborations with a friend who is an author and so she wrote all of the texts and I did the illustrations. And the detective novel is for a grown-up audience. So that's quite different from the, from the picture book. And yeah, I also worked on um, a fairy tale book where we collaborated with a lot of artists and mm. uh, did different stories which are connected to um, stellar constellations, the constellations from different cultures and continents and the stories that are connected to these constellations and imagery. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds really interesting. And are these all just like published within Germany? Yeah, yeah. Mm. All of them are in German language, so... Yeah, it's a little bit sad sometimes when I realize, oh, I got some more international followers on my Instagram account and then mm. I'm starting to promote a new project. 
yeah, I feel sorry that all of <laughs> these projects are in, in German language. And mm -hmm. I think, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry for the followers who don't speak German. <laughs> More reason for people to study German then. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm. But that's very interesting. So is there any difference in approach to these kinds of projects and Indigo? Mm, I would say there's not a big difference. Mm. Because, uh, yeah, in each project, it's very similar that you try to create lively characters which you can um, identify with and trying to develop a good story which is interesting and exciting. So, yeah, right now I can't really think of a difference. Okay, that's fine. Great. So is there anything else that you want to say regarding your story or anything that you want to say to readers? Yeah, I'm I'm really, really sorry that I'm so slow <laughs> and that I'm distracted so easily. Um, yeah, I really feel bad about it because, yeah, even now when I prepared for this interview, I thought, okay, well, it's really a shame <laughs> that <laughs> I didn't release any new pages for such a long time and I'm doing this interview now. But I'm really dedicated to continue and, yeah, so... Please um, have some patience with me. <laughs> I mean, like many things, this is a free story that you have put out there for people to read at any time. So I definitely would not fault you for being more distracted by your job, which pays mm. you and keeps you fed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely very understandable. Thank you. But yeah, <laughs> definitely looking forward to it whenever you get back around to it. Great. So Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah. yeah. We're down to the uh, final question, which is, um, do you have a magical persona for yourself? Well, not at the moment, but when I went to school and it was a peak of my Sailor Moon fandom, of course, I also developed a senshi, which had a likeliness to me. So <laughs> quite a long time ago, but I think... At that time, I thought, okay, um, my looks are most closely to Sailor Jupiter hmm. because of the brown hair. And um, I also liked uh, her, her green dress. And I think I looked up a moon of Jupiter or something like that mm -hmm. because I thought, okay, if I create a persona in the Sailor Moon universe, it has to have some kind of a planet or moon or anything. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think I gave her a name and I also painted a picture of her. Mm. Yeah, but by now I almost forgot that I did that at one time. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's um, very common for many, many childhoods. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, so uh, thank you again for coming on. So for anyone who wants to find your story, uh, where can people find you and your work and how can they support you? Yeah, Magical Girl Indigo is released on tapas.io. I'm also planning on releasing on Webtoon as soon as I completed the first chapter. And right now you can follow me on Instagram, on um my account named Livanya and um, I also have um, a Kofi account where you can give me tips for the comic pages that are already online mm. yeah and I also have a website um, www.livanya.de and there are also all of my social media accounts linked Okay, perfect. Um, links for all of that will be in the show notes. So yes, thank you again for coming on. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much that I could be here. It was uh, really nice. And um, thank you for your questions and um, also new information <laughs> about um, uh, yeah, new perspectives. Uh, due to the, the colors and also the readership of Magical Girls <laughs> and um, I hope you have a nice day too thank you
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. If you like what we do here, please subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. Those are the best free ways to keep the podcast going. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag SparklesideChats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlIU, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at SparklesideChats at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a topic you want covered or a person you want to hear as a guest by filling out the form in the show notes. You can also join the Discord for this podcast to talk about magical girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. Look for the link in the show notes. Those show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. If you can support the podcast financially, you can buy me a coffee at co-fee.com slash ayushinos. You can also commission me for art there or buy a print on my imprint page. With a Kofi monthly membership, you can get bonus content, announcements about episode topics, a Discord role, and your name read aloud on the podcast. Another way to support us one time is by buying something off the Amazon Japan wishlist. This helps with getting more access to Magical Girl content that we can discuss in future episodes. Feel free to purchase from the use section as we are not picky here. If for some reason you can't figure Amazon Japan out, no worries. Feel free to send the money for it via Kofi and let us know what you want us to buy. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at a few bruises. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are magical. <laughs>